you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Down East Mike. Welcome to the Down East Mike Podcast. It's bright and early here in Down East Maine. Uh, supposed to be a super moon tonight, or last night. Or still ongoing. If you go look out the window, you'll catch it. Super moon out there. Just a glorious object in the sky. Super moon, high tides and low tides. All kinds of tides. I hope you're having a good day. Today is August 12th. It's Friday, 2022. This is Down East Mike episode Number 49, news and commentary. All the news and all the commentary that you can possibly cram into one little episode. And we don't have an opening monologue today. We're just kind of stunned by the, the, the rapid movement of the events of the world and as things occur around us. So we don't have an opening monologue. We're just kind of winging it. Uh, we'll go to the headlines in a second. Uh, I guess we should probably start with our disclaimer that some of this is whimsy and some of this is true, but the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. And if you're just waking up, I'll hit you up with some headlines. This is what's going on around the world. The Hong Kong population shrinks for the second year under the virus curbs. Johnson & Johnson is going to replace talcum-based powder with cornstarch. We've already been doing that. Uh, Let's see, we've got some other headlines here. A dairy farm in the Ukraine's Donbass region is struggling to survive. That's kind of a universal story. Uh, From the New York Post, Trump calls for release of docs after the Department of Justice pushed to unseal the raid warrant. Timeline of events in Afghanistan since the Taliban takeover. That's kind of boring. Pennsylvania woman who almost became a nun celebrates 100th great-grandchild. An armed man tried to enter the FBI Cincinnati office and was fatally shot after a crash. And he had a standoff with law enforcement in a cornfield. And at 75, India's democracy is under pressure like never before. New York Times has a big story, cover page, everything you never wanted to know about hemorrhoids. And from CNN, the suspect in killings of two Muslim men in Albuquerque is described as volatile by community members and police reports. I used to like the way, I think it was Bugs Bunny would say Albuquerque. That's a great word to look at. Uh, all right, let's see if there's anything else. We'll do some uh, local headlines here from Maine, where all things Maine are are, uh, are relevant always. Let's see. Uh, it's just so boring, this news. That's why we look at the old news. Two earthquakes. There we go. Two earthquakes hit Washington County on Thursday. And you probably didn't feel them. Let's see. They were 2.8 magnitude earthquakes. They hit Washington County on Thursday. First quake was around uh, 
uh, near uh, Jonesport around 7.30 a.m. That's just like they call a wake-up call quake. And then there's one uh, about eight miles from Machias around 7.10 p.m. No damage was reported. Well, the largest earthquake ever recorded in Maine was a 5.9 magnitude, and that was centered in the Pembroke Eastport area around March 21st. All right, that's our headlines. Um, in our in our podcast today, we have actually one of the stories about a 7.2 quake which hit the East Coast on this day in 1929. We have a story about Lulu, the female acrobat who was actually a man, August 12th, 1885. That's right from today's headlines, isn't it? New feature today, we're looking at Maine's Mollusk of the Moment. And we don't have a word of the day either uh, because there was no word. There was no single word which looked like it had, had that kind of impactful neediness to be brought to the forefront. So we're going to skip the word of the day and you can just set that side of your brain aside to use for more productive things. We will yell out about our birthdays today though because we're very happy to say happy birthday to Jason in Whitefield, Maine. He's a special guy. He's going to be 48 years old today. He thanks his mother and father every day for bringing him into this wonderful world. He once lifted 400 pounds over his head and Jason also raises Shetland ponies. And this is, and the other twist is that he runs an art gallery for Burl artists in his spare time. Very, very diverse and busy man. Jason in Whitefield, happy birthday. Sandy Machias turns 35 today. She makes quilts. She's got two cats, three milking goats. And I've heard she's thinking about getting a cow. Sounds like a hobby farm in the Macon's there. Sandy's 35. Happy birthday to you. On this day in 1974, the state sardine industries were down to 16 uh, packers since 1945. And this was in 1974. The sardine packing industry, one of the oldest and perhaps one of the most abused in the state's limited list of coastal resources, is still trying to hang on even though the EPA and other forces are exerting continual pressure on the fish processors. Hang in there, baby, isn't exactly the way one processor might say goodbye to another one uh, should they meet somewhere in coastal Washington County. More than likely, the padding comment might be, well, so long, see you around, maybe. This is from an article in the Bangor Daily News, 1974. With only 16 canneries still on the main coast from among the 52 that they had at the conclusion of the Second World War, it's obvious that operating a sardine cannery is no gravy train for the owner or employee. But all 16 are of some help in providing not only employment, but in providing food for an ever-demanding public. Selling on the local grocery store shelving at 39 cents a can, the sardine is still one of the best buys in protein food. And if the consumer takes the time to purchase the goods across the counter at any local cannery, he can save himself a bit more on that fantastic printout called a grub bill. I think that was their attempt at humor. Uh, I saw recently that both spam and sardine, sardines are now being kept in the locked 
plastic containers on the shelves in stores in New York City. If you want to buy them, you take the whole plastic container up and they unlock it. They used to be just like CDs and and uh, uh, cassettes that would be locked up like that. But now they've moved on to sardines and spam. Uh, we have an ad from this day in 1974. It's a picture of a, 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 an ATM screen. It says, tomorrow's banking today. The day is not far off when most banks will have automatic telemachines. And one day soon, you may be able to handle all of your financial business with a CAD instead of cash. But today, Depositors Trust Company of Bangor is the only bank in town that offers automatic banking 24 hours a day at Window 24. Get a Window 24 card application at any depositors of main office and start banking the tomorrow way today. And it's got the, the banking store, Depositors Trust Company of Bangor, member FDIC. Are they still around? I don't think they are. Oh, we have another ad here. Look at this. Uh, Bonanza's four-point program to beat inflation. Remember that Bonanza, don't you? You'll love it. You'll love it, it says. Look at a ribeye in the eye for $1.89. A great big steak, baked potatoes, uh, hand-tossed salad, and Texas toast available every day at yesterday's prices. Or chicken fried steak at chicken feed prices for $1.59. You'll get a beef patty dipped in a special batter, deep fried, and smothered in our creamy seasoned sauce, and more. Who wrote this copy? French fries, crisp tossed salad, and Texas toast, or get our chopped sirloin dinner for $1.59. Feed a child in America for 49 cents. We've got just the right amount of food to make a kid smile. A hamburger, an order of french fries, and a lollipop. And a price, 49 cents, to make you smile. I bet they had an awful hard time getting the child to not eat that lollipop first. Boy, they bring out the burger and the fries and the lollipop. It's no wonder we didn't all grow up so strong in the 70s on a diet like that. Drink up. The seconds are on us. At Bonanza, you get free refills on all soft drinks, coffee, and iced tea. You must have just waddled out of there after that meal. Talk about feeding the family. How about another ad, though, from that era, 1974, on this day? Stereo in your love bug for a song for only $125. bucks, we will install a $250 stereo option in your new Beetle. You'll get a stereo tape deck, an AM, FM radio, and two multiplex speakers, and we'll give you the same deal on any new VW except the thing. Now, isn't that music to your ear? And that was at the VW dealerships in Bangor, Ellsworth, and Presque Isle. Imagine that. They sold those cars without anything in them. Just a bare dashboard. No knobs to fiddle with as you're driving. Bradford Steakhouse. Oh, Bradford House. All you can eat. Tender fried liver. Every Monday for $1.79. Boy, I would mark that on the calendar as something to avoid. 
including mashed potatoes, buttered vegetable, roll in butter. And that was at Grant City Plaza. So imagine starting off your your Monday. You go there and get the tender fry liver, and then you can go out to Bonanza and just get the unlimited drinks. And what a what a what an overwhelming experience! Offshore oil. There was an editorial in the paper that day when Maine's Board of Environmental Protection finally issues its far-reaching decision about the prospective oil refinery in Eastport. The members are quite apt to remind us that philosophical considerations were outside of their domain. And it kind of goes on, blah, blah, blah. Uh, If one or two or more of the BEP members are prone to the tug of human bias, we hope that the more vulnerable ones got wind of the testimony at the recent offshore drilling hearings. Dr. Bostwick Ketchum an eco, uh, ecologist from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution and highly respected in his field, told the gathering that tankers already using New England harbors and inland waters pose a greater threat to the environment than drilling on George's Bank would. The New England ecologist also cited records showing that such drilling can be done without damage to fish. As far as Maine's marine ecosystem goes, this strikes us as a sort of professional guarantee that nobody in the Eastport proposal has been able to make with any conviction. In terms of the present, our tie-in of offshore drilling with Eastport is, we admit, somewhat like mixing apples and oranges, but time will have a way of changing this. And to that point, I, I have had a discussion with someone who grew up on Boston Light, and they they said that uh, at the end of World War II, there used to be um, <clears throat> there'd be oil spills in the harbor in Boston Harbor, and the whole shore of the of the island would be just coated with uh, oil, and through just natural processes and erosion and tide or whatever, but just within a year or two, that oil was gone. We don't know where it went, but it was gone. So I, there's that. Certainly not saying that's a good thing, but. I'm kind of glad they didn't do any drilling there. They didn't need any of that. Uh, On this day, 1974, Evil Knievel was in the news. His leap was not considered suicidal, his aide asserts. The chief mechanic for Evil Knievel says the stunt rider's planned motorcycle jump over Idaho Snake River Canyon isn't suicidal. He just wants people to think it is. People think he's nuts, but he's not, said Roger Ryman, 35, also a well-known motorcycle rider. He's a very smart man. He knows what he's doing. He's not going out there to commit suicide. He likes to make everybody think that's what he's going to do. Ryman predicted that Evil Knievel, remember Awful Knoffel? He had a 70% chance of succeeding in spanning the Twin Falls, Idaho Canyon in a jump scheduled for Labor Day. The specially designed Sky Cycle is a steam powered, just like a rocket engine, to give Evil the speed necessary to leap the quarter mile wide chasm. Ryman, who is Knievel's chief mechanic for motorcycles, said he is not involved with the Sky Cycle. He also denied rumors that he might stand in for Knievel if the stunt rider failed to make the jump. That's just a standing joke. 
The former Grand National Motorcycle Racing Champion said Knievel often jokes that Ryman is a hard act to follow. Ryman has known the Daredevil stunt rider for years and who used to compete in the AMA racing circuit during the 50s and 60s. Knievel has been promoting the Snake River Canyon jump for some time and Ryman said he thinks Knievel believes he must complete the jump because he's always told people that he would do it. It's time for our story about Lulu, the man who performed as a female acrobat without discovery, a sketch of his life, where he is, and what he is doing. This is August 12, 1885, Lewiston Sun Journal, uh, Lewiston Journal. There are comparatively but few people in the United States or Europe who have not heard or seen the celebrated Lulu, Queen of the Air, who traveled with farmer in Europe and with Barnum in Maine, performing the wonderful feat of being shot from a cannon. While Farini of the Westminster Aquarium in London was in New York some 20 years ago, chance brought him upon this Mr. Wasgate Lulu, who was there performing a trapeze with remarkable success. Farini conceived the idea of taking him home with him and educating him up to female ways and actions, which he accordingly did. Now, if I was out and about and I encountered some man who wanted to take me home and educate me up on female ways and actions, I think I would pause for a moment, but uh, Mr. Wasgate had no problem with doing it. Afterwards, they made a tour of the principal cities of the old world where Lulu exhibited his skill as a female trapeze performer. The wonderful grace and ease with which he accepted the female yoke was truly surprising, and his pretty form and pleasing manners soon won for him many friends and admirers. It is said to be a fact that so complete was his disguise, even those who had traveled with him for years did not know that he was a man in disguise. While traveling thus, Lulu conceived the idea of constructing a spring cannon from which he could be shot into the air and thus double the attractiveness of his performances. This was accordingly done, although before perfection was attained, he received many bruises and injuries, which nearly discouraged him from carrying out his plan. Finally, he perfected his cannon and started out to deceive the world which he did with remarkable success. After leaving Barnum, he threw off his disguise, took to himself a wife, and returned to his brother, Lycurgus Wasgate, in Millbridge, Maine, whom he had not seen for years. Here he he remained until last fall, when he started for England to accompany Farini to South Africa to search, it was said, for Darwin's missing link. From a letter received by a Mr. A.J. Grant of this place, from his brother, who is the chief of police force in Uppington, South Africa, we chip the following. Excuse me. We have just been visited by Farini from the Westminster Aquarium, who was accompanied by Lulu, who, if you recollect, performed as a female acrobat for a long time without discovery. They have been inside to the hunting, and Mr. Wastgat, Lulu, who is a photographer, has taken numerous views of hunting scenes. They also have been to our waterfalls, situated 100 miles below this, 
and which are really magnificent and taken lots of views of them. They took a couple of groups of us here and intend publishing a book of their travels on arrival in England, also to send some of their views to the graphic, etc. They wanted to get some Bushmen to exhibit, but were unsuccessful. One of their employees was here last year and took some Bushmen home. I think they are now exhibiting in America so they may come across you. Lulu has a fine education, is an artist of considerable note, and is also a photographer, as will be seen by Mr. Grant's letter. Wasn't that a great story? Some marine notes from this day. 1885, the steamer Old Colony came into collision with the schooner Hattie Sea of St. John, New Brunswick, Tuesday night off Watch Hill. Both the schooner's mast and jib, jib boom were carried away. The disabled schooner was taken in tow by the steamer and taken to Port Judith. Steamer Providence took her and towed her to Narragansett Pier. She was taken from the pier Wednesday morning by the tug Ilharam Aruda. I hope you followed all that progression. Basically a shipwreck in 1885. Something of note. Something to look at. If you were standing on the shore, it'd be fun to watch those activities. As long as nobody's getting hurt. A few blurbs from uh, Lewiston um, on August 12, 1885. This is the 5 p.m. edition of the Evening Journal. The temperature at that time was listed. It says thermometer at 12 noon, it must be. Uh, 80 Oh, I see it. 12 noon, 85 degrees. And then at 5 p.m., 80 degrees. So the newspapers were really up to the moment at, at, at that time. Some head little blurbs. The sluice way at the dam is crowded with logs. The state fair track suits to a T. The horsemen are proud of it. They're repairing the electrified spire of the High Street Congregationalist Church. The stickiest of all dog days evenings was Tuesday evening. And the hot house and market garden men complain their tomatoes will not ripen. I don't know the difference between the heat, but the tomatoes wouldn't ripen. At the city clerk's office, 15 marriage intentions were recorded in the last 10 days. Uh, the main street sewer is laid. The street crews are now filling in the excavation. The Royal Templars will make an excursion to Squirrel Island. Friends of the Sabbath schools in green have an excursion and picnic, a basket picnic Moranacook on the 19th. Now, that would be the Shaker community there. You would hope they'd leave one of their baskets behind for you. That would be a very beautiful basket, the Shaker basket. Take a look at the flower garden at the pumping station and the well-kept lawns. They are masters of increasing pride. Mr. William Frost, the Lewiston undertaker, has received a piece of purple silk velvet from the material used upon the casket of General Grant. That's good to know. Uh, the president has ordered down the fences on public lands. This would be across the U.S. One Scotch company has a million acres of public land in Colorado fenced in. English companies have fenced in a good deal of Kansas and Wyoming, the Wild West. On this day, 1929, there was a 724 Earthquake, which rattled states uh, actually from Toronto to points east in Pennsylvania. 
Uh, it was a series of earth tremors, varying considerably in intensity and length and duration, rocked as many as five eastern states and portions of Canadian provinces. Uh, most cases, the officials said the shocks were confined to the awakening of sleepers and the violent rattling of windows and dishes. And in western New York, the maximum intensity caused considerable damage to chimneys. This day in 1929. What else happened on this day in 1929? The Graf Zeppelin, the big balloon there, the dirigible, was cleared for sailing on the Tokyo stage of her flight around the world. This is August 12, 1929. At 3 a.m. Wednesday, uh, it was cleared for departure. The big liner was uh, going to go around the world. Uh, what do we have? Mr. Eckener made the announcement after getting one of the closest haircuts in his life. The barber who was grooming him, difficult to read that, who was grooming him before the Tokyo flight persisted in going over the hero of Fredrickson's hair again and again despite Dr. Eckener's insistence that the haircut was already perfect. Everything is in perfect order for the flight around the world and the necessary permits, visas of other governments' requirements are concerned. The Soviet government has been more obliging in every respect. At the beginning of the negotiations, the Soviet authorities suggested to us a certain route over the vast Russian territory. We immediately asked them whether this was a prescribed or optional route. The Soviets replied this was a suggested route based on their meteorological experience. They did not in the least wish to prescribe any course. The dirigible has been grown to perfection for the long flight. An engineer from the Maybach company said the Graf's motors were good for a thousand hours more flying. 1929, the Led Zeppelin balloon, Graf Zeppelin, going around the world. Well, let's look at our main mollusk of the moment. Today, we're looking at the soft-shell clam, the American English or sand gaper, the scientific name Maya arena, arenaria, popularly called uh, steamers, soft shells, or Ipswich clams, or Essex clams. They are a species of edible salt, saltwater clam, a marine bivalve mollusk in the family Myida. They lie buried in the sediment on tidal flats. Now, this correspondent was returning from Portland several days this week, and just as you come outside of Portland, there's that harbor on the on the on the right going north on 295. When you see the the Falmouth, you're crossing over into Falmouth, and there's that big open there in Casco Bay, and way out on the flats, there are a whole bunch of boats, and. They was, they was out in the flats there, and the, the clamors are all out. It almost brought the traffic on 295 to a stop because they are so far out on the flats, and they had their boats moored there, and they were close by the boats. And it looked like a really just, uh, looked pretty dangerous to me. I'd always be worried about north by northwest. You get stuck in the mud there, and the tide comes in. But there were a whole bunch of boats. There were probably like 10 or 15 boats all clustered around one area, and the guys were out there, guys and gals were out there uh, clamming. Uh, and I was thinking, how many places on Earth still, near a large urban 
uh, city, the large urban development, how many places can you go into the mud like that and pull out something, go clamming like that and get something that you're going to eat and, and be reasonably certain that it's not going to make you ill. So that's a wonderful testament to the uh, Mainers uh, keeping their coastal waters relatively uh, pollution. This is from the Maine state government site. Uh, the soft-shell clams are a native species that live in mud, sand, and gravel in the tidal areas. It takes about three to four years for a clam to grow to a legal size, which is two inches. Harvest season is year-round. Peak is May through October. Soft-shell clams are regulated by DMR, Department of Marine Resources, and coastal towns with a shellfish conservation ordinance. Many towns require recreational licenses which can be obtained through the town office or municipal shellfish warden. Two-inch minimum size measured along the longest access. So recreational limit is one pack per person daily. Towns may restrict these quantities. And I was, as I was reading, they also they harvest razor clams. I didn't know they ate those. Maybe they just dig them up for something to do. Well, we like to... Uh, put out a special shout out to our Uncle Dexter, who's uh, Uncle Dexter, who's in the hospital in Texas, and uh, we hope he gets well soon. Uh, Uncle Dexter, I hope you're feeling better soon. It's a it's a rough journey. Okay, so that's that's about it. Should we look at the forecast real quick, just so you know what's going on? It is going to be uh, basically pretty pretty nice weather. Again, we still need some rain, but uh, for today, Friday. August 12th, it'd be mostly sunny with a high near 75, north wind around 5 miles per hour. You could actually have a great day out in the water today. For tomorrow, Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 76, the north wind around 5 miles per hour, overnight lows around 56. And then as we look out at Sunday through uh, through Monday, both sunny with a high uh, near 79 to 78. And then Tuesday, finally, a little chance of some showers there. We certainly do need the rain. That's our podcast for today. Thank you for listening to the Down East Mike podcast. Tell a friend about it if you if you uh, want to get rid of them for a little while. They can listen to this instead. But I hope you and your loved ones enjoy a day today that is full of grace, love, and kindness. Until next time, this is Down East Mike saying we'll see you. I'm gonna go to the quarry jump in and have a good time. Go to the top and hope that I don't bottom out. You know, if I hit that ledge, you're gonna hear me shout. Gonna do a quarry dip. A quarry dip. I know how to have a good time 
I'll get some friends and we'll go to that ledge outside the mine. Gonna jump right into that water, it's gonna be fine. And I hope that I don't bottom out You know if I hit that ledge You're gonna hear me shout Gonna do a quarry dip Gonna dip A little quarry dip A little quarry dip 